I'm Jeffrey Wright, and you're listening to Mission Daily. Selected as best of 2018 by Apple, Mission Daily is the number one podcast for accelerated learning. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Mission Daily. Today's guest is Don Jose. Don, thanks for joining us. Uh, Thank you so much. I'm very happy to be here with you this morning. So the guests can't see our video right now, but you're calling in from sunny San Diego. What are you up to there? Are you uh, based there now? Yes, I've lived here most of my life. I I moved to San Diego when I was 20, but my father lived here since I was like nine. So it's been hometown. I moved out, but I always come back. So when you moved out, have you traveled the world? Have you lived other places? If so, where at? Yes, I I have the opportunity by living in, in Los Angeles. And uh, in Denver, in Denver, Colorado, and also in, in Salt Lake cities. And then a uh, beautiful thing about uh, the work that we do, we get to travel all around the world and share the Toltec message that basically we kind of joke, me and my brother joke around that we go home to, to wash our clothes, to say hi, but <laughs> our, our home is really touring. <laughs> and so yesterday when I was talking to uh, your brother, we were talking about the Toltec tradition and not many people are familiar with it. So when you're introducing it to someone who knows nothing about it, how do you present it? What, are, what do you usually tell people? Well, first of all, I'll show you that my tradition comes totally because they first asked me if I was Indian. I said, yes, I am, but I come from the Mexican side, which is the Totec tradition. And they asked me the question, oh, the Totec tradition, like the Aztecs. I said, well, it's before the Aztecs because the Totec tradition was a, a, a tribe that just, you know, was grateful to be alive that saw God everywhere, that saw the beautiful gift of life everywhere. So they're named artists, which means Toltec, which means artists of the spirit. It's not a religion, it's a way of life. And that's why we've been invited so many different cultures and, um, and religions and ways of life. The Four Agreements and other books have been translated in more than 40 different languages around the world. And it's because, you know, it connects to the integrity of every artist. But this is what I say, that it's just uh, the word artist, because we're creating art with whatever we have experienced in life. And this is what we are creating this beautiful dream in our minds. (laughs) I love it. And one of the most interesting things about the little bit I know about the Toltec tradition is that it was predating the Aztec culture. It not only survived that, but it continued going. It also outlived the Inquisition and, and many other different ideologies or modes of thinking. It's a history that is really, really interesting. How do you view that historical lens of the tradition and the fact that it's survived so many pretty violent cultures? Well, in a, in a modern ways of saying it, in quoting it in a modern way, is that the truth, positivity, will never go out of style. And this is one thing that was in integrity in the Toltec tradition. So you see the Inquisition, the Aztec invasion, and all the negativity was coming with the, with the source of negativity coming. But the positive kindness and devotional heart will always prevail. And that's around the world, no matter how negativity comes in. Even if someone falls from grace, meaning that they believe in lies and they begin hurting themselves, there comes a point in their life where they're going to pay for me to change their whole dream. And this is where the Toltec tradition comes into place because it's based on that energy that's based in other traditions and religions, which is the, the magic of breaking the spell of the addiction of suffering. And this is one thing that the Toltec tradition will have all over the centuries because, you know, there's always going to be that addition of suffering invited to us humans. But the integrity that comes out of us is what I'm talking about never goes out of style because it's a truth that sets us free, like Jesus says. 
Well said. And I want to read a, uh, actually, I'm not going to read it verbatim, but I was listening to an interview before that you did and you were talking, it was actually a speech and you were talking about how dreams and embracing the dream we're in is, is very important. How do you define dreams? And when you tell people, especially in the Western world or America that, you know, we're dreaming this dream together, a lot of people can start to get fearful of losing their grip on reality and things like that. But how do you talk about dreams and how do you present that concept to people who might be a little bit uh, unsure about what to make of it? Well, first to understand is in the tradition, life means dream. Dream is life. And let's say to respect other dreams is like going to a religious belief system. Like uh, let's say we, we go into a church and the church has different rules, different uh, ways of living. So we entered that dream, that way of living with respect, respecting their belief, respecting their culture. Then we can get out of that dream and go into the political dream. And then we begin respecting everybody's political views. But, you know, in, in this way, we're, we're respecting each other's dreams. So that's way of dreaming. When we go to school, it's another dream. When we're with our partners, with our lovers, it's a different dream. And this is what I mean. We're entering many different of ways of life, but all of them deserve respect, that we don't respect that way of life. We're inviting for our dream, our life, not to be respected. So it's a beautiful way to see it like canvases. Uh, the ways of dreamings. But when we integrate each other and get inspired by one each other's art, you know, we make such beautiful things in life. Like one thing that I love right now, looking at my tradition of music that I love, is to see how country music has embraced the late 80s rock and roll with the power ballads, you know, because they're embracing each other's art, embracing each other's dream. It's a different dream, but they get inspired by each other. And this one thing to see from the beginning of time how positivity has inspired each other for positive dreams and letting dreams are negative behind because this is the whole point of the Totec tradition to unlearn because you, we all learn, but we have to unlearn what takes our inspiration away. And by respecting each other's dream is respecting our own dream so we can have awareness on how kind of life we're living. I love that example you bring up of the uh, you know 80s rock power ballads and country music where you have two different traditions that have been I would say pretty skeptical of each other, but now they're beginning to listen. And that's that's really exciting because I think that there are growing trends around the world where people are noticing other traditions and they are skeptical, but they're also learning to listen. So are there any other trends that you see where unity is the theme, where there's mutual respect? Is there anything you're seeing that's giving you a lot of hope right now? Well, spirituality has a lot of beautiful uh, growing like in the Wicca tradition, the dream of our, of our grandmothers, you know, when they use a lot of medicine, a lot of herbs to heal. It makes me so happy to see because in one point that was suppressed, that was shut down. And, and my grandma even talked about this, that she had to do these teachings in, uh, in private because, you know, there was a lot of judgments. But nowadays, you know, after my grandma passed away 10 years ago and saw her intent that, you know, that if this, this were going to happen and things are happening, when I drive through a grocery place and they sell green drinks, juice drinks, and healthy shots, you know, to, to fix a body. And mm-hmm. I drive around the world, you know, and I see this happening. I see the world embracing the Wicca tradition and the, and the tradition of healing without even calling it that. And it's beautiful because it's, it's getting out there. So we might lose the name of titles, but the beautiful thing is that the dreams get out there. So I say, you know, never, never be doubtful of your intent and what you can bring to the table because it's just a dream happening to us. So that inspires me so much because and also inspires me how humans have awakened up to the kindness and the awareness that, you know, that animals' rights, how they suffer too. And before we just 
shut that down. We, we said, you know, like Kurt Cobain says in one of his songs, it's okay to eat fish because they don't have any feelings. You know, we've been suppressed in our life, in my mentality to block ourselves from any other beings having an emotion, but we're waking up consciously that we're respecting other life. And I see a lot of process in that. So that gives me a lot of hope. That's really exciting. And the other thing I think is fascinating about your story, if I remember correctly, I think you mentioned there's some duality in your in your family and in your uh, your background where I think your you know, father was a surgeon and your mother was a faith healer. Is that correct? And could you talk to me a little bit about duality? Yes. You know, my grandma said, if you do what I do, you're killing the Totec tradition because you have to learn in your own experiences how you overcome yourself because you cannot overcome yourself overcoming me in your life because you're Mm. fooling yourself. You have to overcome yourself. So in that moment, I said, you know, my great-grandfather was an undertaker, which taught a Totec tradition in that way. His son was a musician and a military man who brought peace and music to his teachings. My grandmother was a curandera, a faith healer that combined shamanism with Catholicism. My father was a medical doctor, and I was a junkie. I fell into drug addiction. I fell into that world. But, you know, all these tools that my father, my life, and my teachers give to me Help me to get out of that world. And when I get out of the world, I know the healing medicine that I carry is for where I come from. So I know from a point of view that I know the meaning of my life and to take care of myself because I know what gives me inspiration and what inspires me because I am myself. Like everybody is themselves. And whatever we went through in life, it was supposed to happen because it happened. It makes us what we are today. So in that point, that I begin on learning how to be junkie. I have to be learning that, you know, how I made myself worthless how I didn't respect myself, how I numb myself. So I had to face myself into the mirror. Then when I face myself into the mirror, I look at the reflection and I imagine that I've never seen it before, but I see it's loyalty. It's loyalty 100% to me. If I want to suffer, it will go back to me, to junkie world, you know? But in that moment, I made a decision. I'm ready to unlearn to live that lifestyle because I owe that respect to that person that's the love of my life, the reflection in the mirror. So in that moment, I begin to unlearn all the victim all the negativity and to go to withdrawals because going through the withdrawals of life is having your intent, your strong, your faith in yourself because it's not only in drugs that, you know, we go through withdrawals. We go through withdrawals in the end of relationship. We go through withdrawals when it's an end of work. We go through withdrawals every time we start beating ourselves up. So if we learn not to beat ourselves up just to let life pass by and to embrace the feelings but not create story that keep us there, then we begin mastering ourselves. And this is what I really discovered of living in that certain way. Life put me in that certain way because now I can speak to another 11-year-old, 15-year-old Jose that are going into, into that world who are lost in that drug addiction dream. So I can wake up myself in that point. I can't speak to myself when I was that age because I'm already here, grown up. But I can speak to other people, other kids, because they're going through what I went through. So that is when I know everything we've gone through in life is not in vain. Is something that we can experience to put into our medicine bag. And our medicine bag is where we have our healing tools to support one another. And this is when we really understand we are one. Because when we heal somebody on the outside, we're healing ourselves and it makes our intent even stronger. But it makes our heart kinder and, you know, gives awareness that we can overcome anything. And it's believing in ourselves. And that's what it really gives to me, this gift. Thank you for sharing that. And for anyone who's in involved in the human dream, I think suffering and addictions are, they're going to be a part of it at some time. You're going to have to explore them or go through them. And we're addicted to suffering, pain, problems, substances, so many different things. Why do you think that is? And do we have to go through that proving fire to get to the other side? 
what do you think about that? And what would you say to someone who's struggling with any type of addiction right now? Well, the important thing is to see the truth. We don't know how to love. We humans don't know how to love. We say, we, you love me if you do what I do. And if you don't, I'm going to hurt myself, manipulate you, control you. And this is what happens in the drug addiction world because we begin numb. We just don't want to live a certain kind of life. But then we begin not feeling our own worth, our own strength, that we feel less than. And then it comes with the psychological part of our conscious and chemical body that's going through us, you know. It's not only our mental things anymore, you know, the chemical truth. But what I say, you know, what else are you waiting for? What other bad experience to be arrested, to somebody abuse your body, you know, to get overdose and to see all the loved ones suffer? Why wait for that point to change her life? If you don't like living your life right now, and your life is like a dream. If you don't like your dream, you can change it. And you can change it because it's your dream. Believe in yourself. And the beautiful thing is about forgiving. But, you know, when you're living in that way, the first thing to do is take care of the body. It's a good to detox. And not only detox from the chemicals inside your body, but also detox from the things that make you want to numb yourself. And this is a beautiful thing about being honest. And the honesty is that we don't love ourselves. We learn to how to hate ourselves, to put ourselves down. Because if we love ourselves, we will not let anybody hurt us. No one opinion to, we will take personal, not even ourselves. So whatever happened that we went into this world, it's okay. We're here anyways. No point in judging ourselves. What is good is that there is a way out. And when you're ready to get out of that dream, of that way of life, just say it to yourself. Pray to yourself and hear the angel praying. Hear yourself praying to you. And this is when you ask for help. And ask for help, you know, with integrity because what we're dealing with is the addiction of suffering. And it's not only with the drug addiction world. It's with every world. Every mind is addicted to suffering. The one who does gossip, the one who puts everybody down. When we begin with this, thing, this as a dream, we begin entering a relationship, a relationship that is with ourselves, the love of our life, that we will not sacrifice anymore for what happens outside for what happened. Because, you know, the past, we're not anymore. We're at the present creating art for the future. And we want to see ourselves preparing our art for the future. Is what we don't want in life anymore. And be honest with yourself. Even though if may feel impossible, be honest with yourself what you don't want in your life anymore. And when you say it out loud, if you feel impossible, know that it is possible because it's your dream, it's your life, and you're that strong. That's why you have to be careful with the intent that you made in your life because everybody's intent is strong in this world. Because if we believe in lies, we believe in these lies. And like my father says, the conflict in this life is not between good and evil, it's between truth and lies. And we've been telling ourselves lies all over our lifetime that it is enough. So when we wake up, we can no longer go back to sleep. And this is when the shaman wakes up. And the shaman is simply an open channel that respects itself so much because it knows that it's relationship with the divine. For those that are interested in building that connection and opening up to the divine or an idea of something much, much greater that they maybe can't even put it into words, I know one of the fears, I'm speaking from personal experience, of letting go with, of judgment and things is that you won't be able to make as uh, powerful or useful, rational decisions. There's definitely a fear when I let go of judgment of, yeah, making worse decisions. I know that's not the case, but that fear is still there sometimes. What, what's your advice there for those that want to let go of so much self-judgment, but fear that they'll make worse decisions if they do? Well, it's to break the spell of doubt and judgment. Because if we doubt and judge, everything will paralyze ourselves like a scorpion, the stinger with its own stinger. Once we make the decision, know that we're going to face all those characters, we're going to face all those self-judgments that we have. And this is what we have to break. 
you know, when we ask for freedom, we didn't think it was going to be easy. But, you know, it can't be easy because we get comfortable in the comfortable ones and the easy part is that not overthinking and just doing it because it's about breaking the spell. And how do we break a spell? By creating a spell. And the spell is simply is being impeccable with our word, saying, I don't have time to suffer. I don't have time to be victim. I don't have time to be in a ghost world anymore. And what is a ghost world? A world that we don't belong there anymore. A world that doesn't give us inspiration anymore. So we can all be honest to ourselves. What is it that we want to do in our life? Now, everything that we're going to do is going to feel impossible because we've been addicted to suffering to paralyze ourselves. That's the first rule that we get, that we're not happy all the time, so the unhappiness is going to come. And when that happiness comes in, let's embrace it. Let's say, okay, I feel this way. I'm thinking this way. Here I go again, trying to sabotage myself again. But in this moment, see yourself clearly. Nothing's going to stop you from serving the love of your life, and it is you. So how do we do this? By getting comfortable in the discomfort. Be getting comfortable in the pain that we're used to, because there is when we say we're here for independence, to independence ourselves from this negative action. And you know, those thoughts will always be there. I won't lie. Those temptations will always be there. But the moment that we become will, strength with our will, overcoming this temptation, you know, we will look at it and we'll not bite the apple because we know what the price it is. But I tell you, the most beautiful thing you can do for yourself is make that decision that you don't want to live in that way of life anymore. And only you know what kind of life that brings to you because it can begin speaking the language of doubt, which is gossip, hatred, jealousy, envy, but all of us will be thrown into the mirror to paralyze ourselves. Let's begin seeing our own doubts, our own judgments, our own sabotage like an illusion that we have always given to ourselves. And there it goes again. That's why the fifth agreement is very powerful when we begin to break the spell or break dreams or break habits to be skeptical of our own negativity. Not to be skeptical that more intelligent than any social position more than anybody else. No, it's be skeptical of our own negativity saying, Jose, I cannot do it. I cannot go on this interview. I cannot, I cannot speak. Jose, I don't believe you. I will do my best. I can be nervous. I can speak and it will be good, you know? And after probably like a hundred interviews, I can totally master the interview because it has nothing to do with my own fear that created, you know? I leave that fear behind because there is no fear anymore. But there will be a fear to do in everything that we want to do. And if we don't feel it, then we will not feel a challenge. And the challenge is to overcome ourselves because this is what we're here for. We're taking the love of our life for a ride. It's like having, hanging with somebody who's always fearful and doubtful. And you say, come on, come on. But that person gives you a reminder that you can do things because that person's always telling you things that you cannot do. I love it. So in the Toltec tradition, what is the Toltec answer or question for life and, and this dream? What, what do the Toltecs say about the purpose of this life, if there is any? Well, in the Toltec tradition, there's nothing to learn but only to unlearn what takes their inspiration away and is to continue creating this dream, a masterpiece of art, to make our life a masterpiece of art. Because in the total dream, we know that heaven doesn't need heaven. Who needs heaven is hell. And wherever we go, we will take heaven with us, waking souls one by one so they can continue also making a masterpiece of art in their life. But if we all put all our soup together and all our masterpieces of art together, this world, you know, is what it needs. And it's a full potential and it's full inspiration so we can end the addiction of suffering so we can live in complete romance with ourselves, the love of our life. And you, you brought up earlier, you know, ourselves need to be the love of our life. And that's, it's so hard to do. It's hard to 
keep that practice up and build the habit. But when we do love ourselves and when we do say, you know, I'm worthy of turning my life and my dream into heaven on earth, that can be uh, pretty earth shattering for a lot of people. They, they don't want to say or go so far as to say, I'm making this dream into heaven. Um, but when we do, when we are in that place of heaven and bliss and are really loving our life, it's uh, it's contagious, right? Other other people can see that. It's because um, I think the worry there is that it's going to be off putting to others, but it's it's not. Can you talk a little bit about how maybe you got to a place where you found others were resonating with you after you loved yourself? Yes, uh, absolutely. It's contagious because the moment that you begin loving yourself, you start creating a presence of of love. You start begin presence of respect, and everyone wants to wants to be around you because you know you're living in a dream of respect. But one beautiful thing that I've noticed, because in this world, people judge anywhere you choose. Like uh, there was a point in my life where I wasn't vegan. People judged me. Then I became vegan. Then people continue to judge me. But in this point on, I was overweight. My life was not very healthy. Then I, was, I took that apart. But when that came into my consciousness, I had to walk my talk or I could not speak or I could not teach because I would not feel in my integrity. So I began taking care of myself. I lost 100 pounds. Wow. I, I, got, I got healthy. Everything that I needed to my body to get healthy, got healthy. Then other people around me saw the impossible. The impossible that Jose will never stop eating how he eats, you know. He will do not these things. He will not take care of his body. He will not eat greens. And also then I started doing it. He said, Jose, you're not like that. Well, I wasn't like that before until I woke up. I began taking responsibility of my body. Then at one point, I can see some family members begin eating the same way, taking care of it. Is that because I pushed them? Or I push them out to eat. No, I continue making their food that they make, that they love to eat. But the change that I made for myself inspired them that it is possible. And also happened when I made the book, My Good Friend Nirvana Stay with my partner, Tammy Hutman. She told me, you know, Jose, you have so many skeletons in your closet. When are you going to release them? So in one conference, I let them all go. I was going to speak about the FIFA agreement, but I spoke about My Good Friend Nirvana Stay, the new book that was coming out, which is a book of my life. Then somebody came to, to me after I got off the stage and said, Jose, I've always looked to all these speakers, motivational speakers up in a pedestal. And because you spoke about your life today, you're just like one of us. And I have to say, I know that now it's possible because, you know, I know that it's possible because you did it. I can do it too. A month ago or two months ago, I was in Tucson, Arizona. And I shared that story about my good friend, the rattlesnake too. And one of my friends who came to see me a few times, he said that I helped his son so much two years ago because he went to see me and the story impacted him that he went to buy that book and he was, you know, addicted to heroin. And when he started reading that book, he started working on himself. He's a year and a half free from heroin. Thank you, Jose. So when I hear those books, when I hear those stories of people motivating, when you do and clean up yourself, it inspires somebody other that you don't even realize because sometimes we look climbing up the ladder, we just look up. We never look down to see our own journey. And like Stephen Taylor from Aerosmith said, you know, when somebody was beating themselves up, he goes and says to them, hey, congratulations. And he said, why congratulations? I'm losing everything. No, no. You're focusing on what you lost right now. But see, everything you gained in these 10 years, you gained a beautiful romance with yourself, a beautiful family. You let an old dream go. Yes, you may have this thing that wasn't a success, but this will give you an opportunity to grow something else congratulations. And this is what we don't see in our own life. Things that we have left behind, things that we, you know, let go of. We only see what we don't have because we're addicted to the judgment, to that 
if we let go of something in the past, we can do it again in the future. And this is the beautiful thing about respecting the artists that we do, is respecting ourselves because we are artists. And this is what the topic is all about. We become unselfish because we know that everyone is going to get their heart touched by us and like somebody touched our heart. And this is the art that we can give to make our life a masterpiece of art and share it with the world by just being our authentic self. So for anyone out there that is uh, their soul, they're, they're all in on becoming their authentic self. It's easy to think that we're going to fight a battle once or make a decision and that something's going to happen. But uh, a great mind once said that you might have to fight a battle more than once to, to win the war. Could you talk a little bit about that spiritual war of creating art is never easy? The art couldn't maybe be as powerful or impactful if it was too easy, or maybe it can. How can we go about winning all the battles that are necessary to become a true artist? It's to be impeccable with the word. Because the impeccability of the word is meant with the sword, and the sword has double-edged sword. So we can hurt ourselves with the word, or we can inspire ourselves with the word. And it's true. The snake heads are going to come every day of our life, all the judgments, and we're going to cut them with the sword because with the sword we become impeccable. And impeccable means without sin. But we begin using our words to support ourselves, not to deflate ourselves. Because the word is the foundation of a story. And if we put the foundation of a story with negativity, our story will be a living nightmare. But if we do with our word of a strong foundation, our story will be so powerful and strong and our home will be, you know, very strong because we believe in ourselves. Now, how are we using our word? What is the message that we give to the people we say we love with all our hearts and to ourselves? Well, if we don't like it, we can change that message. But if we can like it, we can continue. But here's where I come from. How you give power to your word. It has energy behind it. Because if you say to somebody, I hate you. I, I don't want to be with you. I, I, you know, put all the negativity out there. There's something behind those words of anger. That that anger just will come to you. But if you feel the reaction of spreading that anger, but you hold yourself because you're impeccable with your words, because it doesn't feel good to get that poison out of you, that poison ends in you. And you begin feeling that reaction, you begin thinking the judgment, but it doesn't come out of you, then you begin controlling your poison. And this is exactly what the word it is. We control our poisonous words to coming out, that we filter them and only let the word of positivity come out. Because we are messengers, and the beautiful thing about the word, like my brother says, sometimes we're impeccable with the word, but we use it with such poison that we hurt somebody's feelings. That's why it's important to know how you're using the foundation of the stories, because also when we go into gossip, it's just the language of negativity. When we go into judging other people, putting people down, and everything goes to us, but the one that we use the word to better our story, to better ourselves, we give it strength. So we want to take ourselves personally. We will not even make assumptions because we're not afraid of communicating. And this is what we used to be afraid before to communicate in what we believe. But if you notice, a five-year-old has no filter. He will go to somebody and ask somebody straight with a heart, but with respect. And this is what we have lost. We have lost the gift of using. We have lost the, the right of, of using the, the words with respect because we're using with disrespect. And this is why we're not in a perfect relationship because, you know, we're abusive relationship. The perfect relationship is when we respect with our own word, our own dream, our own life. And I tell you, everything changes from that point on. When you're in a system of uh, domestication, whether it's culture or schools or perhaps negative family members or friends, uh, it can be very stifling and it's very easy to let those self-censoring voices in. 
do you have any advice or strategies to maybe push back when you get the invitation to more domestication and more self-critique? Do you still encounter things like that where you see a situation where you're like, okay, that if I go down this path or if I uh, send my son to this school, that's a surefire path towards way more domestication. How do you, how do you think about that? The beautiful thing is that no one can affect me because it's their dream. And when I respect everybody's dream, it cannot affect me. But with children, it's very important to know that if you don't educate your children, somebody else will. Mm-hmm. And when you give all the beautiful tools to your kid, but the living example, they will see how life is being lived and they will compare the two lives, but they will always continue seeing the serifold thing about thing. And here's another beautiful thing. Our body is just like a kid. Our body is like a puppy who just follows the important strength of our mind and decision. Then we wake up consciously, you know, we wake up with a responsibility because before we didn't know what we did. But now when we wake up consciously, we know what we're doing. We know where we place ourselves. I have no right to put the love of my life in a place where there's a lot of races and I will get discriminated. Why put? Because there are places that exist, but why put it? Mm-hmm. I've become aware that I put my body where it's respected. And this is the same thing with different people, nothing doing with race anymore. It's doing how people live their life. If I am with somebody who abused themselves, of course, if I'm in relation with that person, I'm going to get abused. It's common sense. Mm-hmm. But if I'm in relation with myself, I know that nobody abused me, then everything begins changing and now comes the little kids watching me if i abuse people are going to start kids are going to learn how to abuse somebody else if i let somebody abuse me kids are going to learn how to get abused but if i begin respecting myself the kids are going to say hey i am meant to be respected and it's one of the little things everything that we have gone through it was supposed to happen because it happened and that's how we learn but now that we learn we're not that person anymore we have so much awareness and this is a beautiful thing about life service to never forget that and who we are a service to, to ourselves, because we know what takes inspiration away and what gives us inspiration because we are the artists. And with this, we're here to create art wherever we go. Very cool. And what type of art are you creating in the world? I know that you're, you're writing books, you're working with people, you're going around delivering the message and speaking with large audiences. What else do you do? Do you paint? Do you, you mentioned music earlier. What other uh, outlets do you find to be therapeutic, healing, or powerful? I love the creation of music. And I love going to the imagination of, of storytelling, too. And, and I love art. I love to do digital art, especially in, in this type of, of technology that's happening right now. You take a picture, you make a painting, then you put it into the computer, and things come out. I like to do things, and I like to put my message of my work of Totec tradition into every piece of music, into art pieces into everywhere I go, because the beautiful thing is to always keep my, my mind entertained and creating, because that's what makes me happy. And there comes, you know, when it comes to rest, but, you know, it's always creating, it's always coming out one way or the other, because if when I start doing things in art, when I start doing things in music, when I'm on stage, or when I'm with one, that work comes out to a different vibration. And it's very surprising when, you know, it all goes together, when it all goes together into one symphony. But I, lo- I love to doing that. Very cool. The last last question I have for you, and then we always finish with a uh, a final message for the audience. The last question is, what do you think and what do the Toltecs say about the idea and practice of lucid dreaming? The idea that you want to start to become aware when you're sleeping at night and you are dreaming. You know, the idea that you can explore and start to control that dream is uh, is very exciting. It's It's fun to 
start to take notes about it and notice when you are dreaming and waking up in that dream? Is that something the Toltecs advocate? Is that something that you see other shamans exploring? Are you excited about it? What do you think about it? Oh, absolutely. You know, many people begin to think, you know, we go into dreams to look for the answers, but it comes a point when we work on a lot of lucid dreaming that when we put our body to rest, it's resting, but our presence begins flying, enjoying its life, it's double. And when it's enjoying its life, it's double. Our body is just, you know, floating, receiving all this creation. Then when we wake up, we get all these ideas and mm-hmm. wonderful thing is we voice out our dreams and begins creating. But the most beautiful thing is when we wake up in our dreams and we have the accessibility of controlling our dreams, but in the dreams, there is no time. We can manifest things. So when we wake up, the gift of time gives us patience, but it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And like, I remember the gift of losing my eyesight was that, you know, I couldn't see physically, but when I dreamt, I could see. So it woke me up completely. So that's when I learned there was another gift to be beautiful, awake in our dreams. But, you know, it's such a gift. It's such a gift to go into our dreams and to be awake on them, especially when we do meditation and we bring the dream, daydreaming into our everyday life. And then we not only do that in the meditation, when we open our eyes, we sometimes don't know which is the real dream. We're dreaming the sleeping dream or the wake dream because the thing is that we reach the point of it is that we're always present wherever we're at. And wherever you're present, wherever you're at, the open channel will always deliver the gift from the infinite, which is the message of love of the Totec tradition. So cool. Final thought here. What would you say to our audience? Would you lead them with a call to action, a reminder, or maybe what you're reminding yourself with today that you're reflecting on? Yeah, what would you say to everyone? That we are here on vacation. We are the stardust that came from the universe into the ocean and that created itself for billions of years and finally created an atmosphere so it can breathe, so it can dream. Don't take this for granted all this time that it created itself for us to be here to wake up so we can think, so we can dream, so we can interact and know that we are alive because it's life itself when we are aware that we are it. And when we wake up as life, we will not waste any second, any minute of it into the dream of the planet's negativity because we have awoken and we are heaven and heaven doesn't need heaven when it's heaven is hell and the people who are asleep, they are in hell and with our presence wake up in our sacred heart by enjoying our life, by enjoying our vacation, they will remind themselves that we are on vacation and like I said before, sometimes we make our vacation not fun because our suitcase didn't make it but we forget that it's not our suitcase that is coming for vacation. It is us. So don't give power away to the material things. When you are alive, you're here to enjoy this dream. And whatever you get inspired in this life, you're made to create, just like Prince made Purple Rain. He's not here it. anymore physically, but we still enjoy his music and his art. And that's the same thing that people will enjoy our art when we're not here, like we enjoy theirs. Enjoy the vacation and make wonderful, wonderful art. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Father. Thank you for this invitation. Mission Daily and all of our podcasts are created with love by our team at mission.org. We own and operate a network of podcasts and a brand and story studio designed to accelerate learning. Our clients include companies like Salesforce, their customer times five, Twilio, and Katera, who work with us because we produce results. To learn more and get our case studies, check out mission.org slash studios. 
If you're tired of media and news that promotes fear, uncertainty, and doubt, and if you want an antidote to all that chaos, you're at the right place. Subscribe here and to our daily newsletter at mission.org. Each morning, you'll get a newsletter that will help you start your morning and your day off right. Hey, listeners, thanks for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It helps spread the word, and I would greatly appreciate it. See you next time.